0: Hello, friends. It's Kirk Henderson and Josh Bowe coming to you on Monday night. Yeah, November 15th. Uh, The Mavericks just finished dispatching the Nuggets 111 to 101. Uh, Josh, how are
1: you? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, I'm a little tired. We just talked in the pre-show about how I just hadn't gotten a lot of sleep the last night. But thank goodness the Mavericks uh, pulled it through in the second half so they could Give me a little jolt of energy for this podcast because the first half was not looking great.
0: Uh, No, no. So just a quick recap for anybody that missed it because, you know, it's kind of a weird Monday night game. Seven o'clock game was on NBA TV. Um, It's technically the first nationally televised game the Mavericks have won this year. It's also technically the first um, game. uh, The Kings might have been above 500 when they won, but this is the first game that I would consider a really – you know, I love the Spurs win the other night. We had a really good time talking about it, but this is like the first win that says, okay, they can beat a good team. Um, there's a lot of caveats to this win. I don't really care about them uh, because <laughs> that's life in the NBA. Uh, the nuggets were on the second night of a back-to-back. They've played uh, three games in four nights, yada, yada, yada. That just is going to happen. They're, they're missing three starters. Um, and, you know, they gave the Mavericks a pretty good punch. And the Mavericks responded after a second quarter where things really went to hell for them. Uh, I think that's probably my, like, big-picture takeaway. What do you have for us?
1: Uh, my big-picture takeaway, um, you know, just other than the fact that Denver – I mean, in the fourth quarter, third quarter, Denver, they look like a team that had played, you know, three games in four nights, second night of back-to-back missing, all that stuff. But, then again, you know – with this Mavs team, that doesn't matter that much because they just they needed to win. Uh, just saying, like, just yeah. saying that that like, I said this on Twitter, and someone was like, "Oh, already being negative, huh?" And I'm like, "But that, it's just what happened. Like, their, their tired team. We're allowed to say the Nuggets look tired, but right. I'll, um, I don't care. A win yeah. is a win, but they were yeah. tired. Yeah. And then I'm kind of doing the fast math here. Uh, the biggest thing for me was. In the second half, the Mavericks played considerably less uh, Dorian Finney Smith. And coincidentally, I think we, you know, everyone in, in our Mavs Moneyball Slack, and I think both of us agree, the Mavericks offense in the second half looked a bit crisper and it looked mm. a bit punchier. Um, Dorian Finney Smith in the first half played 15 minutes. In the second half, he played nine. eight. Yeah, yeah, eight or, or nine. Yeah. Uh Dwight Powell played eleven minutes in the first half. He played a little over six in the second mm-hmm. um I think you know Jalen Brunson checked into the game really early in the second half. he came in for for Dorian at about the eight minutes left in the third quarter which is very early for him uh i don't think the mavericks make lineup changes to like the five or six minute mark nope, maybe even sometimes a little
0: later yeah yeah they let him struggle uh, to where it's almost painful to watch at some points
1: and then even then jalen's never coming in for dorian uh that's mm. the first time i've seen him coming for dorian mm. uh, and i wonder i mean i could be wrong like i'm just going off the top of my head sure. But um, I mean, it made a difference. I mean, Dorian, and the funny thing is, Dorian didn't shoot poorly today. He was three of four, two of three from three. But again, it's it's less about the percentage and more how defenses treat him. And obviously, the percentage was killing the Mavericks uh, in the, in the first you know ten or so games they they played. But now, you know, you look in that first half, he only took. He played fifteen minutes. He took two shots and two threes. He was a minus six. He scored right. three points. Like at a certain point, like I know that guys do I mean, we've made this point before. Guys bring a lot to the table, but you know, besides scoring. But at a certain point, like you gotta have scoring. Like you can't just play yeah. guys for thirty minutes and get five point you know, five points out of them. So uh it just bogs things down. It makes it makes you more predictable to defend, it makes you easier to defend. And I think the nuggets were really um, able to key in, and that in that second quarter, the Mavericks scored 14 points. So it looked awful, and then you know, with Brunson on the floor, it's just a, a a big difference maker. Like with Brunson, KP, and Luka on the floor, that's the one time that this Mavericks roster—that's like it feels like the only time this Mavericks roster can really make defenses make hard decisions, yeah. Because you've got three capable scores, especially when KP is as good as he is tonight. So that was the that was the thing I noticed for me. It was. Less minutes for Pal and Finney Smith in the second half, and not just less minutes, but like the way it was less minutes. Like Dorian only played uh you know eight minutes in the second half, and almost all of those were as a small ball five in the beginning of the fourth
0: quarter, which was very I think we gotta talk about that though. Yeah, that small, small ball lineup, team. that small ball lineup for where they started to where they finished, meaning both the lineup that they the, the small ball lineup with Dorian at the five, I think it was Brunson, Frank, Bullock. And gosh, who was it? But it was it was all like it was weird. It was one of the weirder (laughs) lineups we've ever seen. You know, and and it was active and it was punchy. And then they they pivoted in in the final stretch to a lineup where Luca was ostensibly the power forward on defense, and he got shook out of his shoes one time by Jokic on one of the. Like, for anybody that wants to know what a post move looks like and you think you see, like, you think you see these post moves in Luka and KP, what Jokic does is a post move. Oh, my God, is that guy unbelievable at basketball. It's just really hard to, you know, I, I would just love to talk about him for a while, but we're not going to. And, <laughs> but that that lineup where they were basically playing, you know, small ball, it was Luka running point, and then I think, like, technically on offense the power forward was like block like it was right it was fun um it was it made the defense make hard choices and I really talked about this once the game got um once the game was on in hand where the Mavericks were getting pressed I love Chris Stapps Porzingis catching the ball as the roll man mm-hmm. and he made a number of smart and I can't emphasize this enough. Calm plays. Porzingis had a had a really good game tonight. He also had a stretch where he got embarrassed, and he came back and played a great game. He looked, you know, like there were numerous instances tonight. Like he got blocked by um, Jokic on a drive at one point, and it's the kind of play in the past where I have seen him try to throw up a garbage shot after getting blocked, and it just looking terrible. And he kicked it out to Brunson, I think, and the Mavericks ended up getting a bucket. And then on the short roll tonight, he made a catch. He surveyed the floor. He spun. He made a pass, which essentially led to a third pass for a bucket for a hockey assist. And there were just little things on this offense that were working. And I don't know how long they're going to be able to get away with this. The thing about a basketball game that I think is highly underrated when we talk about these games from day to day are the little tactical in-game adjustments that coaches are making. And Jason Kidd, for a significant portion of the season, has been making adjustments way too late. And right now, particularly these last five or six, I feel that he's been going to different things earlier, and it makes a difference because the Nuggets are good. And they could have won this game had the ball bounced a, a couple of different ways, and then we'd be on here pissed. Instead, the Mavericks notch their first really kind of, you know, over a potential, over a likely playoff team, it's their first win.
1: Yeah. And like you said, it was really cool to see them do different things. And it was, you know, pulling Dorian as early as he did in the second half. That's just something that rarely happened mm-hmm. last year. I mean, Dorian was Carlisle's, one of Carlisle's guys. So that was one of the things that, like, I know I'm. You know, we don't need to relitigate how much of a bummer I thought the hiring of Jason Kidd was, and how much I'm I'm just not a fan of him as as a coach. But the one thing when before the season that I was like, man, you know what could be nice is that Kidd doesn't have the same attachments to these guys that Carlisle did, and we Mm -hmm. all know that Carlisle sometimes rode his guys longer than we would have liked, or maybe that would have been, you know successful in the court and you know dorian was one of those guys and i was thinking well he doesn't have any preconceived notions about these guys aside from just watching him from a distance uh so like he i feel like he you know he can pull dorian and he doesn't feel like that attachment that that might limit his ability to make a decision uh like that so that like that's nice like he can sit dwight powell for long stretches because he hasn't been coaching him for five years and 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 all that stuff that gets you know the human emo the human element that, that that's a part of this that's hard to describe and quantify. So, like that part of it is neat. And like he's been way more adaptive in the last couple games and than I thought. And I honestly like as I as I wrote in that piece last week, I really don't think he he wants to keep rolling out this KP Dwight Powell starting lineup. Like I really don't think he's looking at this and going Ah, yes, this is this is what I want. I really think it's a it's a necessity with Maxi hurt and with their uh, commitment to not playing KP at the five full time, because we keep seeing these games the last four or five games, you know, the Mavericks are still winning and KP's playing a lot of minutes at center. Like, it's not like he's oblivious. Like it would be one thing if he was playing KP and, and Powell starting and then would bring in like a collie Stein and Boban and would always, we keep KP at the four throughout a game, but KP mm-hmm. plays the five for a lot of these games. So Uh, long stretches of these games so it's clear they know what works and i think it's just more of them looking at the bigger picture and trying to hold water until maxi can return to the floor try to keep kp as fresh as possible and when you look at these last two games it's hard to argue i mean these are i can't remember when was the last time kp put up two games just i don't care about you know I mean I care about the on, like the actual on-court impact but just from a box score production standpoint I can't remember the last time KP had back-to-back games like this like it feels like it's been a while um
0: so well, maybe there's something to This was KP's there. best game against a good team and here's a hot take this is KP's best game against a good team since playing in the bubble
1: You might be about that
0: like cuz I mean look I, I know he's had some great box score games but him beating up the, the 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 Timberwolves as they were missing like four dudes last year, don't care. It's fun. Uh, him beating up on the Spurs Friday steps in the right direction, and he needed a game like that. So I don't want to downplay it, but it's just the seven foot three guy should beat the team that doesn't have a center. Like it just kind of comes down to that sort of thing. Um, I will say one thing that I am enjoying about him. And this is me reading into something. So so I'm not, need to be a little careful with what I say here. So in the post-game interview with NBA TV, he, one of the questions was about how he can help Luca, And I think that distinction is valuable because he did not come here expecting to be the B option. And I think it's taken him a long time to understand that's what's what. And if he and I I really want to, I want to go look at his shot chart for this game because there was like like some of the things that I was noticing. Where the heck is the shot chart on this? Um, I don't remember mid range jumpers again, and I mean that in the best way possible um, because that was a eh, okay. He had four, he had four, but he had a lot of shots tonight. But he had like he made three, and three of them, and and two of them that I remember were um, open. And, like, that's fine. Like, they were shot. Like, he dribbled into one. He hit one kind of hilariously garbage uh, fadeaway uh, baseline shot over Jokic, which was incredible. But it's like like he's – we're seeing rim attempts, which is something that it it just – he went a long time without taking shots at the rim last year. And I just – I'm enjoying the way he plays. And, you know, I I can't unsee it now that you pointed that out to me. And I should have known this. But when, when he sees the ball go through the hoop, he plays defense 100 times harder. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yes he does um uh and yeah like you mentioned about the mid-range thing like yeah he had four mid-rangers but he had six at the rim and eight threes so as long as both of the you know as long as the rim numbers and the three numbers are a higher number than the mid-range number then yeah you can you can live with it uh and yeah you're right the defense, he's much more engaged i mean that you could say that about a lot of the a lot of the guys on this team i think, I think, I think it's I whole just, team yeah, the, the rest, whole team. Yeah. Yeah, I think we said that in the last podcast we did. I mean, this team, just when they make shots, uh, the way that they can kind of steamroll a game because they they just feel so much better about themselves and they get so much energized on the other end of the floor. It's crazy. Um, I was looking up while you're while you're talking, and I think the last time KP had a game back to back games as good as this uh you know he played pacers and timberwolves uh in march of last season he had 31 and 29 respectively uh and that goes to what you were saying uh you know doing it you know pacers and timberwolves there's a difference doing this against jokic uh and the nuggets so that's really nice to see um but yeah uh and i you made a good point he did look pretty bad in the even though he was scoring like those like what seven or eight minutes where Bulbul kind of ate his <laughs> ate his lunch. I mean, uh, since, in the first half, uh, who was
0: it? Sam Vincenzi, who is a respected NBA analyst. Okay, smart guy, was basically like, "How the heck do you like like this is concerning because Bulbul and I, I don't know how to say this like Bulbul's not an NBA player. Like he'll stick around for a while because he's huge and he has like weird jump shot skill sets, but he's not he's not a real NBA player. Like it's I feel okay saying that. Maybe he will be a yeah. rotation guy one day, but a rotation guy in his third year eating your center's lunch is unfortunate to say the yeah. least.
1: Yeah. I mean Bobo's played man before this game, he played 16 total minutes and had six points on the season. <laughs> and he had seven points and eleven minutes tonight. <laughs> so that's that's part of like you know, that that's kind of embarrassing. And mm. You, you made a really good point about how KP kind of came out and was like, I'm not going to let that that stretch define my game or the team's game. And the Mavericks outscored the Nuggets. They scored 62 points in the second half and basically controlled the game in the fourth quarter. I mean, it was pretty crazy how it went from Ma- – I mean, the Mavericks were trailing entering the fourth quarter, and they got the lead so fast. It was almost like it felt like they were winning the whole game, like the way that they were just so dominant in that fourth quarter. So, So good on KP for – for not letting that like get to him uh and finish You know how really I know this.
0: Game. You know how why I centered in on this cuz I had a tweet I did not send. Uh, Sitting <laughs> S- in the drafts. I just I was basically like need a good need a for game against a team that doesn't suck. And yeah, this and there you this go. was it. This was it um i think before we before we head on out we need to acknowledge two more things um really nice to see tim hardaway shake off a really rough game to have a really great game um to kind of help seal it was one and then two it's also nice like luca made some great passes but i would not consider this a very good luca game what do you think about that
1: no, Luka, Luka looked a little rough. Uh, I think the way the Mavericks play offense plays kind of into what the Nuggets like to do defensively with jo- with Jokic. I mean, mm-hmm. the team play, like, it, it, Luka is, It's you know, we've been talking about how difficult his attempts have been all season. And it feels like the scheme is not helping him get the clean looks that we were accustomed to him getting in his first, you know, his second year and and, and last season. And when you play against a team like the Nuggets, which, you know, first off, Aaron Gordon is going to be one of the better defenders Luka plays against all season. And then Jokic is getting better defensively every year, and he's long, and he's smart, and he knows Luka, and he knows Luka's game pretty well. Uh, And I think Matthew in our Slack made a really good comment because he's like, Jokic sees the game like Luka does, and it kind of makes it maybe easier for Jokic to defend him because he kind of can see what's coming. And Jokic had two blocks and played 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 a pretty good defensive game, and then Aaron Gordon is just a phenom. Like the way the Nuggets have gotten Aaron Gordon to be like super role player guy that I just never thought he would ever want to do is pretty remarkable, and I think it shows why they can be such a dangerous team even without Jamal Murray. So I think those two factors kind of played into it. Like it's just really tough. Like it's just really tough for Luka to do that if he's not going downhill and the offense isn't making him go downhill uh you know if he's just trying to isolate and run pick and rolls uh that that's going to be tough i did see one uh dribble hand well that wouldn't really it was just one handoff from really collie stein to luca and it looked really explosive and luca scored like an n one on a floater i was hoping to see a little bit more of that you know i like seeing luca catch the ball on the move and pick up ahead his team so he's not trying to pick up his team with his dribble, if that makes sense, because I feel like he can run harder without the ball and then catch it, and he's already got some momentum. I feel like mm-hmm. he did that a lot more in the last. His couple talk seasons. had a thread.
0: Iztok had a thread of of Brunson getting these plays, but yeah. Luca so far really hasn't.
1: Yeah, it feels like everything Luca is doing is just hold the ball, run a pick and roll, or you know do something, and it just you know the the scheme isn't helping him out. But to Luca's credit, eleven assists, four turnovers. Yeah. Yeah. Uh I mean, still, it's, it's, you know, he still finds a way. Played okay defensively for for right. stretches.
0: So it's like like Luka played okay and they won. And yeah. that deals of value in the long term where, you know, Zach Lowe had a tweet go viral. Well, really it was a clip from um whatever the new ESPN show was where he thinks that like the Mavericks are a dark horse final contender. And let me say that I don't no, like like now I just it's gonna be very frustrating for the rest of the year where everyone's gonna be like, well, Zach Lowe said, <laughs> which is just like, damn it, Zach Lowe's very good at this. But I I I will say he made a point that is of value in that notching wins is so damn important because you're going to have a crap stretch. In fact, the Mavericks might be heading into a crap stretch as they head out on a five-game road trip, which is going to be rough. Um, or is it five games? I don't know. It's at least four games. Um, anyhow, I, I, I'm, this is a win that should provide confidence, um, but not arrogance. It is the sort of thing that I think that we should really, uh, take a little pleasure in. Um, the last thing that, that I do think we should touch on before we go is Luca did exit the game with an ankle injury. Um, I've not seen anything cross my timeline about how he, um, was feeling, uh, Luca and ankles are an interesting um interesting thing so we will see where that goes yeah I mean
1: it, it's it's really tough because he does it so late in the game that we don't really get a sense for how serious it is because you know there wasn't a chance for him to re-enter it because there were 10 seconds left or 40 seconds left and he went back to the locker room right away and and But then again, the game was over. Like, why would he sit on the bench? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, go go get that taped up, or go put, you know, go start uh, icing it, or do whatever you got to do. So uh, we won't really know until tomorrow and see if he practices, uh, or you know, see what the injury report says. Uh, So knowing Luca, we want to say he's just going to shake it off because he shakes off just about every bump and bruise. But the ankle has been his his kind of I don't know like his kryptonite so to speak you know he had those two ankle injuries in his second you know second season which really uh really took him out of the for a decent chunk of that season uh so hopefully it's not that but otherwise yeah pretty pretty great game all around it was really i was really worried in the second quarter i was like is this going to be one of those games where luca and kp combined for for like 68 points and the rest of the team combines for like twenty-five. Like it was just, it was just looking really, really uh gloomy in that second quarter. Uh so I'm glad Sweet. that the Mavericks came out of that second half and took advantage of a tired team like they're supposed yeah.
0: to. Well, and I think my closing point will be this is why this year might be the year to try to figure out the way to go for it if the Mavericks are in a position to be a finals contender, because this Nuggets team is was tonight was missing three, three starters, three. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, they were missing who's the guy you wanted that the Mavericks to go for uh Will Barton. So Will Barton who is ostensibly really a super sub but he can also start. They were missing Michael Porter Jr who was just given out the same contract Luca got though he probably won't hit the incentives. And then they were obviously missing Jamal Murray who is a I I I love his game. Like he is an underrated guard that can do a little bit of everything. Like the Nuggets if healthy should are probably far and away the best team in in the the conference this year but nobody's really healthy and that and and that's okay like the Lakers look like shit um (laughs) you know which I take you know glee in like the Clippers are playing really well right now and that's because Paul George is playing like superhero but Paul George is also like got a frightening injury history himself um the Suns are probably the closest thing to the Nuggets obviously they made the finals last year and then you kind of just go through the West and it's like, I, I, I can see, like, it is why you and I get so pissy about the offseason. Like, the Jazz are an unbelievable regular season team, but I just don't trust them. Um, uh, the Warriors are probably, I mean, we didn't mention the Warriors, what's wrong with me? The Warriors are, are kind of horrifying um, in the best way. Like, they have a 13.3 point differential. Like, they look unbelievable at this point. But, you know, you never know what could happen. And if something is there for the Mavericks to do something, I hope they try. Is, is is because it's you know, they're they're what are they right now? The Mavericks are third in the West at nine and four, and that's before any other games close for the night. But I'm pretty sure they're gonna stay third in the West. And you never know what can happen. Sometimes you just need to go for it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh it you know, this doesn't feel like the uh you know, the West was so dominated, you know, the Warriors kind of dynasty kind of made it really weird in the West where teams were just kind of like there were a lot of western conference teams during that warriors run they were just kind of like all right well what's the point um you know it seemed like the rockets were the only ones that really went for it and everyone else just kind of held pat while while the warriors were winning all those titles and now that's finally gone and and lebron looks human in terms of you know health yeah it it feels more wide open than it's felt uh at any point in the last you know five or six years so Right. Yeah, we'll see. Right. I mean, we'll we'll know we'll know about this Mavericks team for sure uh, in the next week and a half uh, yeah. with the stretch. So we'll see what yeah. happens. Yeah.
0: Okay, friends. This has been Kirk and Josh. Um, let's see here. They play play the Suns first. Uh, so we'll have a day off, and then we'll be back at it. I'm going to run a green room real quick and see what uh, the folks think about this game, which will go up tomorrow afternoon. Um, Before the Clippers series, I'm going, or, you know, it's like a, it's a home, (laughs) two game road, you know, series is, uh, is the wrong way to phrase it, but I'm going to have Sabrina Merchant on who is the SB Nation site editor for the Clippers. And I I just haven't paid much attention to the Clippers mainly because I don't want to. Um. So I'll have that probably up a little later in the week. We'll see if there's anybody else we can talk to. Appreciate all the support. It's been a really good year so far for us, and uh, we're looking forward to continuing doing more. So this has been Kirk and Josh with Mavs Moneyball After Dark. You got anything else, big guy?
1: No, let's get out of here.
0: All right, go get some rest. Everybody, we'll talk to you a little later, and have a good start to your week.